everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Dr. Sewell. Dr. Wignall. See how I called you Dr. Sewell and not Todd? I see that. I see that. We, one, one listener gave us a comment and, and gave us a few recommendations on things we could call each other back and forth in our own. Oh, yeah? Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, were um, there any whoever, that are whoever you are, they were good. Um really appropriate not too outlandish. Okay. <laughs> they were fairly appropriate, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have an instant like a uh, bleep button here. So, you know, it's yeah, a lot of work in editing if we, yeah. if we use too much profanity with each other. Especially with me around. Um, I've got a conversation topic for you. Great. You ready? I hope I, so. I, I've noticed that a, a lot of my clients, um, and, and even myself in some situations, and we'll expound more on that, but, but tend to have this pattern, this cognitive kind of habit of judging things, measuring things, assessing things so that, you know, they get a, a moment at a traffic light where they're kind of bored and, and in their mind, they just start going through like what they're not doing right in their lives, mm. or, um, the list of things that they're not getting to, or, um, how they feel stupid or how somebody else is, isn't pulling their weight or how, yeah. you know, there's just this constant kind of measurement, judgment, criticism, assessment. That's kind of this narrative that's kind of constantly running through their mind. Yeah. So this is, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think, you know, repetitive, unhelpful thinking is something we talk a lot about, whether it's worry yeah. or rumination or, but I don't know that we've talked specifically about this, this flavor of repetitive, unhelpful thinking, which is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like judgment or criticism. And tell me what you think about, about this. The, the way I think about this is it's moralistic thinking, right? It's, it's insisting on sort of classifying things in terms of right or wrong, as opposed to something else. Like it just, you know, helpful or unhelpful or, you know hot, cold, like whatever. There's all sorts of ways to classify things that don't involve making a moral judgment about whether yeah. it's good or bad. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So to use the term like measuring, right. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could do this in a very mechanical way, right. You, you could measure someone like my, Hmm, I see that my, you know, performance at work was down by 25%, you know, right. compared to it, but that doesn't have to be moral, but right. it could be like, Oh God, what's wrong with me? My performance is down again. I'm such a slacker, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so I I think, you know, even though like as a society, we're we're certainly less, um, formally religious, uh, than we, we ever have been like, man, we are no less moral than we've ever been. Like people are (laughs) constantly making moral judgments about themselves or other people. Um, and so that I, anyway, we, we can get into kind of the details there, but I, I think that's worth it's worth thinking about if like, even if you don't think of yourself as a particularly, um, yeah, if you're not thinking in terms of kind of right and wrong all the time, it doesn't mean you aren't thinking morally all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that matters. Well, I, I talked to a client recently who, who struggles with his partner and the things that she's not doing and the, the, um, the things that she's not good at and the things that she is, is, um, really horrible at, and, mm. and there's this, um, pattern where if she's around, he'll just start in his head, kind of picking at her 
and, and it's kind of compiling this list every time of the things that, and we, we had this conversation where um, uh, he explored kind of experiencing his, his wife's company in a different way, you know, trying to be somewhat mindful of that and aware of that um, pattern and then trying to, again, think about his wife in, in ways that didn't involve judging her and measuring her mm. and, and assessing her. Um, and it was a really different experience for him, very challenging experience for him. So um, like something really like, um, you know, he, you know, they had talked about, you know, one of her chores was taking out the trash or something. And, and typically if he, she didn't do it, it was like, God, why, you know, why is she being so, you know, disrespectful of, you know, kind of the agreement we had, or like, she's so lazy or she, all of those are sort of judgmental interpretations yeah, of why it didn't put happen. as much work in as I do around. Right. Here. It's unfair. Yeah. 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 yeah there's as this opposed kind of... to like, maybe she forgot. Or not right? even that. Can you, or, can you just be present and descriptive about what's happening or grateful or appreciative or, or anything? Can you do, can you, what, what can your mind do in that moment? That's anything other than throwing some kind of yardstick against your spouse. Right. Well, but I think you can, you can look at, you can interpret what happened without it being a moral interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this didn't happen. The trash did not take, get taken out, but it doesn't have to be a moral issue because she's lazy or because she's not hardworking. It True. could be, she forgot, mm-hmm. or she's over like had too many other things going on. Right. And didn't just didn't have time to get to it. Those mm-hmm. are all, mm-hmm you can still, I mean, it's a good point, And we can talk more about this, that like, you don't have to interpret it at all. But even if you do interpret it, you can interpret it mechanically, not morally, right? There are probably plenty yeah. of explanations that don't involve rightness and wrongness or someone's worth as a person. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, let me, let me broaden this example a little bit. Um, you know, a few times a year, I'll get a parent who's really hyper concerned about their son or daughter's uh, marijuana use. Mm -hmm. And so every interaction they have with their child now is around marijuana, right? They bump Mm -hmm. into them in the hall and it's like, Hey, you, you haven't been hanging out with those guys again. have you?" (laughs) And they go in the room and they're like, Oh, I smell something funny in here. Right. Or at the dinner table, pretty soon the conversation's like, you better not be doing that stuff. It's not good for you. And here's why, you know, and it's, To, to realize that, man, every time you're around your child now, you're, you're getting in this habit, this cue of kind of mm. measuring that or, or that they're, you know, or, or assessing or scanning. And is your relationship going to be based on anything else from here on out mm. besides whether or not you think they're smoking pot? Does that make so, sense? Yeah. So if you're, if you're mental if you increasingly get in a mental habit of thinking in terms of right, wrong, making everything a moral issue, right. You're going to end up, um, bigger thing. Like your an entire relationship could turn into this. Like everything is moral, good, bad judging, being absolved, whatever. And that's yeah, so, a, that's so a that, rough way to <laughs> certainly so, to be in a relationship. So consistently and strongly that the minute your person sits in the car next to you, that rhetoric in that campaign starts in your head yeah, and you might not even be aware of it, but the pattern of relating and judging and assessing is it becomes the way you then kind of relate to this person. It becomes an identity almost of, 
I remember an, another example of that. I think that's a great point, kind of expanding it out. Um, I had a client one time who struggled with burnout at work. And so we were exploring a lot of like, well, what is burnout? And what does that look like for them? And what, what do you think is kind of at the root of this? And obviously burnout's a complicated topic and lots of things can lead to burnout. But for this particular client, what we finally kind of identified is the reason he was feeling so stressed out and overwhelmed and burnt out at work was he moralized everything, literally every single sort of decision or bit of data or performance or interaction with somebody or whatever, he was churning and like thinking about in these very moralistic, right, wrong, good, bad kind of terms. And it, as you can imagine, like that's an awfully exhausting way to, <laughs> to live your sort of work life where like yeah. everything is this, like it's, it's an inquisition. You're putting yourself through the inquisition constantly. Yeah. Like why would you not be constantly stressed out Right. Um, and burnt out eventually, right? Yeah, when and you see this a lot that people do this kind of um, internally, where they're just measuring themselves constantly, just constantly. Oh, I was an idiot about that, and I was dumb about this, and I should have done this better. And I and there's this, it's it's a challenge for them to experience their own life and their own world around them yeah. in any other way than just judging and measuring and assessing themselves. So I think, um, and I I think it's worth pointing out here too that what, I don't think either of us is saying that. Um, <laughs> judging things or assessing things or even passing moral judgments is necessarily wrong. Like, I think there's certainly a time and place for doing that. The problem is when it's, <laughs> when it's your only MO, when it's, or the way I think about this is when it's the only like mental tool you use, right? So you, it's, it's like if you had a hammer and that was literally the only tool in your house. So you're hammering nails, like great hammer is really useful, right? But if trying to sweep the back porch or like fix a leak, like, in, right, you know, in your right, sink right. or like, it's going to be awfully hard to do all of that with a hammer. So I think that's, and I think that's, it, it can be validating to, to hear, I think that there's a reason we get stuck in this kind of overly moralistic way of looking at things because it is really useful in certain situations. It's important to be able to think like that in particular situations. Oh, it's a must for us to be able to do that. It, it, I think you're right. It's just the context that you want to be, you know, do I want to apply that? that way of looking at the world and myself and other people, you know, constantly in every situation, is this one of those areas that I want to define myself in as a, as a human being? You know, I, I told a client the other day who, who often does this, um, you know, it was, it was like Friday and I said, I hope you have a good weekend. I'm going to try not to do anything this weekend that is going to define me as a human. <laughs> you know, I, I think those moments are probably pretty rare in life. And so to, to constantly be doing that in your head where it's like, um, you know, this constant kind of tape measure that comes out every mm. time you do something or think something or see something that, that then, you know, you get to kind of beat yourself up over because it doesn't quite measure up to what it should be. You know, it's a yeah. brutal way. It's rough. And it's yeah. rough to, it's, it's rough to be around, frankly, not, not to, uh, yeah. Yeah. to make yeah. people it's, feel it's bad for it. But like a lot of, like you pointed out, I think a lot of interpersonal conflict, whether it's, romantic or family or work or whatever, um, comes from like when you're like that, when you're mm -hmm. constantly sort of judging and like criticizing yourself or other people. Um, well, and, and you see it I'm, I'm back to that example with the, the parents and kids in marijuana, the kids, you know, after a while, they're like, let it go. You know, they just are angry and you see those situations kind of blow up a lot because it just becomes the entire world for, 
some parents sometimes. And then the kid begins to think of himself in these kinds of terms constantly, you know, how he's disappointing his parents or whatever it is. So it becomes this other kind of festering problem. Right. And I think the the kind of helpful nuance there too, is even if you do really believe that that is an, an important moral issue that your kid not smoke marijuana, like that's fine if that, but it's, that's a different thing from thinking that every single interaction and thought about and with that person has to be framed in moral terms. Like I I would argue that even if you, even if you do think this behavior is immoral and just like absolutely needs to stop right now, the best way to go about that is not to be super moralistic about it all the time, (laughs) to be more mechanical about it at times is actually the best way to get to this thing not happening anymore. If that is in fact your goal, right? So the, 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 you need to separate the end goal from the process, like how you go about getting there mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. this constant attitude or pattern of everything being framed in terms of good or bad is not particularly helpful for almost any goal, right. even if, you know, even if the, the end goal is an explicitly moral thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, you know, most parents, when you point this out, that their conversations are now revolving around this constantly. And, and, you know, most parents are like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, and, and, and they're, they're mindful of like, oh, I need to talk to my kid about other things. And I want to, you know, experience other things with them rather than just this uh, issue right now. And, 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 and if you do this to yourself internally, the, the same, you know, maybe response might be a, a good idea. Can you, practice experiencing your own kind of existence in any other way than measuring it and ass- assessing it. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've also, I, a lot of times I think that, um, and I've, I do this myself too, attributing um, behavior you don't like to a moral failing mm. is almost always a super <laughs> lazy explanation. Yeah, There is always some other reason. Like why is your kid smoking marijuana? Well, is it because they want to be a bad kid? I don't think that's a really (laughs) lazy ass explanation for trying to understand what's going on here with your kid. Instead, Mm -hmm. think about it maybe with a little more nuance and think through, (laughs) I might not like it, but maybe there's a reason this is happening. Maybe she's super stressed out and anxious about school, but she's always been such a good student and never had any problems that she's afraid to talk about it and ashamed. And so the only way she can cope with the stress that she is aware of is to smoke. Like that's the way she does it. Right. That's a very different thing than saying like, well, she's a bad kid, you know, or like, <laughs> she's yeah. not following the rules or, like, or just what's wrong with her, you yeah, know, or why exactly. is she doing these other things? Yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah. almost Whatever always the pattern a is. Yeah. mechanical explanation for something that, that's a lot more helpful, I think, to think through instead of, <laughs> instead of just like, well, there, you know, it's moral defect, you know, there's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. tends not to be the most productive uh, way of uh, getting at a problem. The, the other thing I'll point out here before I, before I finish is just the, the emotional impact of these patterns. If you're in your mind kind of doing this all the time to others or yourself or whatever it is, it creates a mood. It creates a distinct emotional mm. experience for you, you know, to constantly, this is how resentment and, and anger are, are practiced, you know, in these Mm -hmm. moments, or this is how uh, depression and anxiety sometimes get practiced. It's in these kind of Mm -hmm. patterns and habits and, and and things. So, so the, the, the uh, motivation to maybe 
um, improve your cognitive pattern might be, you can really improve your mood. Yeah. Your mood, constant irritability, yeah. right? If, if yeah. in your mind, you're looking at everything as a problem or <laughs> like, why would you not be irritable all the time? Right? If you're constantly yeah. seeing things, if you're constantly seeing life as like a set of one problems after another, why wouldn't you feel as if life is just one big problem? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So of course, like that's going to win. But I think what we've been trying to point out is there are other ways to look at things. It doesn't have to be through this explicitly moral, right, wrong, good, bad kind of lens. Exactly. Um, and to your point, once you do break that habit, it, it te- among other things, it tends to help your mood a lot. You feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Our thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of What Would My Shrink Say? As therapists, Todd and I know how painful emotional struggles can be. From anxiety and low self-esteem to relationship conflict and self-doubt, painful patterns of thought and emotion are brutal to live with and tragic in how they sabotage our goals and aspirations. And while we hope this podcast is a helpful starting point, there's no substitute for working one-on-one with a professional therapist. BetterHelp is the easiest way to find a great therapist who's great for you. When you sign into their secure online platform, they'll assess your specific needs and match you up with a licensed professional therapist so you can get started in as quickly as 48 hours. And with a network of over 20,000 professional therapists, it's available to anyone worldwide. You can log into your account anytime to message your therapist or schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Visit betterhelp.com backslash what would my shrink say to get started right away. And as listeners of the show, you'll get 10% off your first month when you sign up using our link, betterhelp.com backslash what would my shrink say, which you can also find in the show notes. Once again, our thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Thanks.